have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady back. She, of course, is the founder of True the Vote, TrueTheVote.org. It's Catherine Engelbrecht. Catherine, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, and same to you. So what was this case? This case was, do we as Americans have the right to say, hey, I'm not so sure about that election. I mean, was that really what was in question here? Essentially, yes. We started help, helping Georgia citizens in the, in the immediate aftermath of the November 2020 election because their voter rolls in the state hadn't been cleaned in two years. We helped them to petition their, their counties as state law allows which immediately drew a, a lawsuit from Stacey Abrams and verified and Mark Elias and the Department of Justice. Uh, and that question was whether or not following the law in the way that we did was was voter intimidation. And so they sued us on the uh, on, on the questions around the Voting Rights Act. And it was a three year long struggle. But we we won out and out full full victory. And, and I hope that it puts the wind back in the sails of so many millions of Americans who are concerned about the integrity of our process. It is uh, Catherine Engelbrecht. Go and support this organization, truethevote.org. When you say Stacey Abrams, that's a similar name to the lady that said that she didn't lose in 2018, right? And then fought it for like two years and didn't ever concede. That's not the same person, is it? It, it is. In fact, it's the same person in the same organization that sued the state of Georgia so that when I went and met with Secretary Brad Raffensperger and told him about our project, uh, he was he lamented that he hadn't been able to clean the rolls in two years because of the lawsuit they were under from Fair Fight. So the, the, one of the key differences is, though, that when Fair Fight sues the state of Georgia, they concede and sign consent decrees where when we got sued, we fought it to the mats and won. And, and I'm so glad that you did. And, and the very basic question is exactly what I asked you off the top, right? Do I, Joe Pagley Rouleau, an American citizen, have the right to go on my show or go into the street corner or go into the grocery store and say, hey, I don't think it was a fair election in 2020. I never thought that there was a question there. I thought that we as Americans had that right inherently. Did we not? Well, I think that, you know, certainly we, we do. I think that the distinction is and what Fair Fight attempted to draw the court in, into the debate over is whether or not taking action like we did, uh, helping citizens to present and petition their government with the, the ineligible records for consideration, whether or not that was tantamount to voter intimidation. We never contacted a voter. We, we never made any indication that we would contact a voter. That wasn't what it was about. It's just about bad data in this instance. It's about bad voter rolls. And, uh, you know, they tried to make it a, a race based issue. They tried they tried to make it uh, a fear mongering issue. And, you know, the facts bore out and yeah. we won the day. Well, that's what they do, Catherine. And you, you and I both know that oh, Catherine yes. Engelbrecht, founder of True the Vote, TrueTheVote.org. You know, we actually met in, uh, in I think, like 2010 at the at the Sam Houston racetrack in Houston for one mm-hmm. of these big tea party events. And you've been working like crazy ever since uh, we, we last saw each other, I believe, at the premiere of 2000 Mules in Mar-a-Lago. And uh, what a great movie. Um, people still are attacking the premise of that movie. Uh, and I just want to ask you right up front. Do you still stand by the findings that you and your partner made in uh, that went into the, the data fact finding that was in that movie? Oh, 100%. Absolutely, yes. Has anybody been able to debunk even one thing? Because they keep on saying it's been fully debunked. No, I mean, nothing's been debunked. You'd have to, you'd have to investigate it to debunk it. And that was never done. Uh, sadly, you know, the, the, the media chose the narrative and, and that became the, the party line and that's what was said. But no, there's nothing debunked about it. What we, what we put forward was entirely accurate. 
When it comes to 2,000 Mules, I've been defending it since I saw it. I'm so glad that uh, that Dinesh and Debbie and you and I, I'm sorry, give me the gentleman's name again. I keep I Greg, forget his name. Greg they, Phillips, yeah. Exactly, Greg Phillips. What you guys put together from the data that you collected that was available data that you went and bought, there was not you didn't do anything sneaky, you found that there were a lot of people that went to the same drop boxes over and over again. We've got video proof of them knowing exactly where the garbage was, knowing where to take the gloves off, knowing where to look, where not to look. Uh, and the whole thing just stinks to high heaven. Since that movie has come out, and, and I think even a little bit before then, I've been saying to my audience, and I wonder if you agree with this. I think you do. If you didn't, or if we didn't count the mail-in ballots that were sent into states where it wasn't legal to mail-in ballots... Trump would have won easily. You know, it's it's hard to, it's hard to tell you to tell you that uh, as a, as an absolute bottom line because you never know who's voting for whom inside of those private ballots. But I would right. say that it it definitely seems that the the trend of when the mail ballots were being being count, counted that the numbers on the side of the the Biden camp certainly seemed to escalate rapidly. Well, I, I, listen, I know how smart you are. and Maybe I didn't say it correctly. Let me say it again. State legislatures, by the Constitution of the United States, you and I both know, have the right to set the election laws in their states. It's the state legislatures, not secretaries of state, not governors, not, not lieutenant governors. It's only up to the state legislatures to say, here's how we're going to do it, and then it gets passed into law. In many states in 2020, they accepted mail-in ballots where it was illegal. In oh, other words, I'm the state... Yeah, the, the state legislatures yeah. did not approve them, yet they still accepted them en masse and counted them. So my point is, had those states where it's not legal not counted those ballots, it would it would have been a landslide for, for Trump. Oh, I, I agree. And, and, and that that is a I, I did misunderstand the question. Thank you for repeating it. No problem. And it really it really points to a much broader issue. I mean, I called, you know, the, the key word for 2020 and 2020 elections in particular was just lawlessness. There were so many things from mail ballots to drop boxes to signature verifications to time to count your ballot to postmark. So many things, a process oriented or process uh, intensive um, circumstances that were yes. just thrown out the window, just thrown out the window. And, and you know, and, and that was the, you know, I believe, the engineered chaos they were looking for. I'm glad that you brought up Dropboxes. By the way, go to truthevote.org, truthevote.org. It's the founder, Catherine Engelbrecht, because Dropboxes, again, state legislatures have to say, here's how we will manage and handle and allow Dropboxes, which means Mark Zuckerberg can't spend half a billion dollars on Dropboxes and suddenly votes can be dropped off there and they're all legal. So if they were counted in illegal drop boxes, that also should not have been counted, and that's going to change the result of the election, in my belief, and I think what I found in 2000 Mules as well. Yeah, absolutely, yes. You know, you look at a state like Wisconsin, a great example, they they took this all the way to the Supreme Court to test the constitutionality of the drop boxes that were never authorized. And you imagine what would have happened in Wisconsin had there been no drop boxes? I mean, time will tell because there aren't any now. By yes. uh, 2024, those drop boxes have been removed. Well, and that was the next question, Catherine. What is different about 2024 than what we saw in 2020? Because don't tell anybody, but they're starting to tell us to mask up again. Yeah. And they're starting to say there's another variant or something. And they're starting to suggest that maybe we should do stuff online again where we didn't used to. Have we changed for the better and will it be a free and fair election in 24? Or do you already see the mechanisms of people trying to do what they did in 2020? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag. I mean, yes, there are many things that are better. Uh, we've gotten rid of drop boxes in a lot of places. We've, we have restricted mail ballots back again to um, only being allowable if you have a reasonable excuse. 
We've reinstituted things like signature verification standards. So there are a lot of great that we've reinstituted ID standards. So there are a lot of great things to be sure. But um, I will say that this is not going to go on down without a fight. And, yes. and, and whatever that may look like, I mean, if it's if it's another uh, health scare or if it's something else, we, we shall see. But there was certainly going to be something on the horizon that's going to throw us all for for a loop. The the best thing, though, that I can point to that is different now than, than in 2020 is that so many more millions of Americans are awake. And it does not matter their political affiliation. Right. Amer- Americans writ large are recognizing that something is very wrong with the processes of government. And they're asking the tough questions and they're getting engaged. And, and that is that's the key to everything that we, you, we cannot overstate the importance of citizen engagement in this. Process. Just voting is not enough. Voting and serving and being aware of the processes in your local elections, that changes everything. It's uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, truthevote.org, uh, truthevote.org. Let me go back to, to cleaning the voter rolls. I've heard you say that for a long time now. I had Seth Keschel on the other day. I don't know if you know Seth, mm-hmm. but he's uh, this voter integrity guy, too, who says he there are 304,000 votes that were counted in Georgia, he says. That should not have been. Um, he says because the voter rolls aren't clean. So you've said it. I've said it. He's said it. Trump says it. How do you do that? How does one go about cleaning the voter rolls, and why isn't it done already? It's a great question. So, um, And it's a little bit of a story, but I'll try to make it quick. Go ahead. The voter rolls used to be cleaned. Uh, and cleaned routinely. Uh, there are many companies in private industry that, that validate identity, residency, and citizenship all day, every day. It's not a heavy lift. The data exists. The tech exists. It's just data management. And in databases across government, uh, they, they, they manage to, to process their data just fine, um, except where it comes to elections. What happened in the early 90s is that lawfare began to rear its head and the companies that were providing the services for the secretaries of state began to get sued. They were being called all manner of things, racist and the like. And uh, they, they just bowed out. Why would they want to do that? I mean, why, who, who needs that? So uh, they exited stage left and stage right, who appears, but the new, newly founded group called ERIC, which was a spinoff of Pew Center on the States. Eric, a nonprofit organization that came and said, we will be the great saviors and we will make sure that all the voter rolls are clean. And in fact, they did nothing of the kind, but they did nest themselves inside of some 30 states uh, database management systems and were able to extract all of that data and not just the voter rolls. They got the 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 driver's license information. And in many states, they also got health information. Wow. Now states are moving away from that and and are beginning to see the light. This is not rocket science. This is just basic data management. Do you you meet the eligibility requirements, yes or no? That should be the the governing standard for registrations, but it just hasn't been for many, many years. It's getting better. It hasn't been, though, for some time, and now we're going to have some, you know, we're going to have a learning curve to catch back up. How often should it be done? Once a year? Once every two years? Once every four? Should it, should it be done on a, like, if I move into the into the district, I should be added automatically. If we move away, it should be mm-hmm. d- deleted. If somebody dies, they should be deleted. I mean, should all this be interconnected so that it's uh, updated daily? It, it, it should be, but it's a slippery slope, right? Because okay. states are sovereign and they have their ability to run the elections however they see fit. So you have to find a balance between national security and state sovereignty and personal liberty. And, and their, their balance is can be achieved uh, so that you have a, you know, 
coalitions of states that are checking across databases, and I can get really techy in, in the ways that those things could be achieved. Blockchain right. is a great example where you have a right. distributed ledger, and everybody can see based on a hash that you don't have a repeating hash anywhere in the sets. But, um, you know, the thing that, that you have to have before any of it begins is the, is the political will to do it. And the fact is that the, the sloppiness in the system uh, is, you know, creates a nice margin of gray area for those that know how to subvert it and exploit it. And, and so until citizens say this is outrageous, how can it be that, you know, Amazon knows every time my heart beats yes. that, that, we, that we have such tight uh, analyses around our profiles, but yet we can't get the voter rolls right. That just that that is that is not you know. I, I think that you know politicos would agree if and quietly maybe, but um, it's a it's a feature, not a bug. There's no yes. reason for the data to be wrong. And it's it's obviously uh, wrong because somebody benefits from it being wrong. That's it's right. Catherine Engelbrecht, uh, TrueTheVote.org, TrueTheVote.org. I want to finish up on on 2,000 mules very quickly. The geo tracking and geo fencing and geo uh, everything that was used in finding out where these people were, what drop boxes they were at, all this stuff. That's already been decided by John Roberts, the chief. Justice that yes, it is something that is uh, investigative evidence that can be used in court. But also, people have get, keep saying, "Well, you can't possibly know who was at what Dropbox." Those are the same people that are happy that geo tracking is used to find out who was anywhere near the Capitol on January sixth. Catherine, how can I have it both ways? They're using the same technology in both cases. It works on January sixth, but it didn't work in Atlanta when they found the guy that that killed a little girl or something. That doesn't make sense right. to me. Yeah, uh, well, you know, this is just part of the, the, the media's control of the airwaves that right. allows one story to go through and, and the other story to uh, not only not to go through or be heard, but to be um, flagged as as conspiratorial or, or debunked. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 sad that the one you know, we never set out to make a movie. We set out to do a research project and, and provide our results to right. law enforcement. It was only after law enforcement so abysmally failed in jurisdiction after jurisdiction that we realized if we don't do something, you know, America's never going to know about this project. But we could only take it so far. It was up to law enforcement to do what they did in J6, which was take the information to the cell phone companies, have the, the data de-anonymized, and then they knew exactly who they were looking for. We never did, but it was never about that for us. We were right. just looking for patterns. And when those patterns emerged, we did what what we were supposed to do, which is, you know, provide them to law enforcement. Uh, you know, and the reason one of the many reasons we know we were right, um, not just because the data was right and because the analyses were sound. But uh, if we had been wrong, I dare say that the the outcry of the left to try and do everything they could to silence us wouldn't have yeah. been nearly what it was. They did everything they could to try and break us, but they failed. And, you know, I think a lot of good people in 2020 knew what was going on, that the gig was up, but they were afraid to say anything because of the riots and the burning and the, and the unrest and all of this stuff. And all of that was planned because if you do anything or say anything, there's going to be hell in the streets. It's Catherine Engelbrecht. Go to truthevote.org. Truthevote.org. One last question, maybe 30 seconds on this if you don't mind. With this victory you just had, how does it change my life as somebody who wasn't involved in that case, but as somebody who is very actively involved in the election process? Well, I think, you know, hopefully what you see in it is that, that citizens and citizen engagement does matter and you can find justice in the courts and it is worth the fight. 
you know, there are, there, this is not going to be an easy process back. We have allowed this, this, this system to erode to a very dangerous level. And now it's going to take all hands on deck. And that's what you're going to see in 2024. And we're looking forward to a fair and clean, or at least fairer and cleaner election than we saw before. It's Catherine Engelbrecht. Thank you so much for the hard work you do for all of us that are planning to vote and to take part in, in your right. On either side, doesn't matter. It just should be fair. And, right. uh, and keep up the good work. If you want to support True the Vote, go to truthevote.org. And also get Catherine's books that are out there as well. Catherine, come back soon. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. We always enjoy having Catherine Engelbrecht on. TrueTheVote.org is the website. TrueTheVote.org. Follow them all on all the social media as well. Really great information and a big win for those of us who just want the elections to be fair and free. I don't think we're asking much. The next hour is going to be Jim Brewer, the comedian, the actor. He was on Saturday Night Live in the mid to late 90s, and he's out there on the comedy tour now. He's going all through Texas this week, as a matter of fact. So if you're anywhere in Texas, go to jimbrewer.com and find out where he's going to be. And it's B-R-E-U-E-R is how he spells his last name. So make sure you stick around for that. Bottom of next hour. I've got a few videos up that I want you to check out. Number one, do you see a rock star in this spoon? Oh, yeah, Carrie, you got to check that one out. What? Okay. You see a rock- exactly right. Got to go and look at it. All right. uh, the next one is the latest on the defense secretary and what we know about who was told what and when and who knew what and when. And it doesn't look good at all for the Biden administration. And the last one is the one about Gen Z taking their parents to job interviews. And I want everybody to go and comment on, on that as well. On Instagram, it's Joe Talk Show, J-O-E-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. On uh, TikTok, it is Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Same thing on Clapper if you use this Clapper app. And then over on YouTube, it's Joe Talk Show. Go and take part. Check out these videos. Carrie, I'm not doing the come on videos for me. Oh, no, they're for the people. Exactly right. They are for the people. After the top of the hour, we've got a big announcement or an announcement from a big guy. Did I just give it away, Carrie? I think you did. Did I just give it away? You did. Yep. Somebody's dropping out of the Republican race for President of the United States. We'll tell you who that is. Let me just say this. I'm going to get emails. The local donut shop probably going to be busy. What? Wow. What? That's a little mean. How's that mean? It's a little mean. No, I, I am I am I am I, I am body positive when it comes mm. to this guy. Keep it here. Joe Pags coming back. This is the Joe Pags Show.